Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. I was reflecting about what message to share with you uh, today, and, and this was a little bit of an unusual, this, this, this one was not something that for my sermon drawer, what is a sermon drawer, is that old message? Some people wonder, what is a sermon drawer? No, it's not old messages, not at all. I've never redone a message in my life, okay? That's something I've not done yet. Not that there's anything wrong with it, I just never have. But, but the point is, is that my sermon drawer ideas that I have for sermons, I'll just throw in the drawer and let them baste a little bit and marinate, and, and sometimes the Lord will have them bring, come back out again and say, okay, it's time for this message. And so I have, that's, that's, it's ideas is what, what I call it, sermon, just sermon ideas. But this one did not come from the sermon drawer at all. As I was, as I was preparing and seeking the Lord, what do you have for your children uh, on this Shabbat? The Lord impressed upon me, look at today. Look at today. That was kind of a simple um, message for me today and, 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 and how it relates to our lives. And it's not something that I frequently do in terms of uh, in, in this way, and you'll understand what I'm talking about in a minute. But as I began to do so, and as I began to look at today and how today relates to our lives, it struck me that the, that the message, as it started being written and, and as the Lord started revealing what he wanted to share with me in the message, it, it, it struck me that today's message is almost like part two of Rebetzin Candace's message or, or from, from last week. Uh, it, it was such a wonderful message. If you missed it, okay, I'm giving you another assignment. If you're watching online, go last week and listen to Rebetzin Candace Hyslop from Arizona. She gave a wonderful message and teaching that was profoundly deep and, and quite moving. And man, I really loved it. I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. And, and so, the, so the more I, I, I got into this message for today, I'm like, wow, this is almost like a part two. I did not intend for it to be that way, but it just started coming together. Now, listen, it's fine if you did not hear last week's message. That's okay. Uh, but it just came to weather and it came together in a unique way. I think you'll agree with me if you heard last week, but you don't need last week's message for this one to make sense. Why? Because today, and I mean today, specifically today, this weekend, or actually this Shabbat, Friday night and Saturday morning, uh, today is a day when many things are happening at the exact same time. Many things are happening, and, 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 and honestly, too, as I examine today and, and everything it meant, in many ways, the things that are all happening today at the same time are conflicting things. Uh, what am I talking about? I'll, I'll begin to explain because this also, though, to me is reflective of the nature of our lives because oftentimes our lives are filled with a mixture of sweet and salty, <laughs> right? Sweet and sour, good and bad, 
easy and hard. Isn't that what our lives oftentimes are comprised of? You know, if you're doing great right now, God bless you. You know, that's wonderful. But you know, you can't live on a mountaintop forever. Eventually stuff happens, right, in life, and you just go, oh my goodness. And if you're, and if you're in a valley, you're not going to live forever in that valley. There's going to be a mountaintop coming up, okay? You see, but, but that's the nature of life and what we have to manage and negotiate. I want you to, to think of the message today relative to that pattern of life, which is, is just so true. And, and one of the things I like about our faith is that seasons have meaning. Seasons have meaning. You know, in the general body of Messiah, people who are who, who call themselves followers of Yeshua, uh, there are very few markers along the road of life. This is something that has really, I think, been lost and, and is not a small loss. It is a big loss. What am I talking about? I'm talking about people. If you look at, you know, what, a billion plus, two billion, however many people in the world claim to follow Yeshua, you know, they, most of them call him Jesus, what do they have in terms of markers that are kind of assigned along the road? Almost nothing. Perhaps a holiday here or there, you know, like one or two big holidays. And that's about it in terms of these markers along the road in the year. But in the Bible, my friends, in scriptures, we see that God often uses dates and signs during those dates to communicate things to us. Holidays, seasons, uh, Moedim, you know what I'm saying? Times uh, and, 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 and holidays and, and, and special events and things that we see time after time, markers along life's road, and they're meant to teach us different things. And honestly, I think this is one of the, the biggest losses of the general body Messiah is that they don't even see the significance and the importance and the richness of all of these things time points here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you, and, and today's message is illustrative of that. I want to share with you a number of things about today, about today specifically, that have very, very rich meaning. Many things that are directly out of the scripture, very explicitly. Other things are reactions to things that happened in scripture, and then I'll also share with you today some traditional Jewish practice, not to imply a legalistic following is necessary, but rather to convey a point about how we should be thinking about the seasons of the year and the seasons of our lives. Because our lives have seasons, you know? And, and, and scripturally, time has seasons, I talked about us being in the dog days of summer right now, which you all know and can see so clearly. But similarly, our lives have seasons and, and checkpoints and markers as well. I told you that a lot of things, the word, the word that kept coming to me was convergence. A convergence of things happening today that just all put together are, are just very interesting and, again, for me, are reflective about life. And there's a lesson and a message for us to pick up from this and to learn from this. This is a circumspective message here today for you to look at from a big picture to, to examine your life almost, almost like uh, from above to see a 30,000 foot view because it'll change your perspective on perhaps that nuanced thing that you're going through even right now. Okay, 
What am I talking about? First, what are we? We are currently, as in even today, right almost smack dab in the center of what in Orthodox Judaism is simply known as the three weeks. The three weeks. If you talk to an Orthodox Jewish person, you say, ah, we're in the middle of the three weeks. They will totally understand what you're talking about. What are the three weeks? The three weeks are three weeks of mourning, Three weeks of mourning, which corresponds to the 17th of Tammuz, which was actually now last month, which is when the Romans breached the walls of Jerusalem through the 9th of this month, the month of Av, the date when both the first and second temples were both destroyed. That, of course, is Tisha B'Av, okay, which literally means the 9th of Av. Av is the name of the month that we're in. So we're right smack dab in the center between the 17th of Tammuz and Tisha B'Av, the 9th of Av, these, these very historic dates on the Jewish calendar and dates of mourning. And these three weeks are considered seasons and time of mourning. In many Orthodox circles, in these three weeks, weddings are not held. Hair is not cut. Many new purchases are not made. Music is not listened to. Music is not even played, for that matter, for those three weeks. Why? Because there's, an, uh, there's a remembrance during these three weeks. Our people are remembering that our temple is not yet rebuilt and our people mourn for that loss of connection to God. Because our people, our, my, this is my traditional brother, Jewish brothers and sisters, we, we, we see, though, that we had the temple, which was that touch point, right? That, a little bit of that interface almost. You could almost call it the ancient modem to call God, right? Okay, it was God's presence on the earth was, was there in the temple, right? The mercy seat, the holy of holies. And without that, our people have lost that visible connection with God, which is one of the reasons why the Western Wall is so important. You know, the Western Wall, which is the outer wall uh, that, that contains the Temple Mount. It's not a wall of the temple itself. It's a wall that contained the, the, the top ground, the mount, where the temple stood. Now, why, why is that of significance? Because this place, the Temple Mount, wherever exactly it is, wherever exactly the temple stood, is it exactly here? Is it just over the hill over here? Wherever it is, the point is, is that this was our connection point to God. And so, and so our people, I mean, because of our disobedience, our people uh, mourn the fact that, that it was lost. And we remember this in this three-week period, the three weeks. We mourn from the time when the walls in Jerusalem first fell to when the temple was destroyed. And on and Tisha B'Av, of course, the ninth of Av, which is coming up in, in a little bit, it's, it's traditional to fast. Okay, and, and although this holiday of, uh, or holy day of Tisha B'Av is not celebrated as much in the United States, it is in Israel, about 25% of the entire population of the country fasts on Tisha B'Av, and an additional 50% say they forego any recreational activity on this day. It's, it's considered the, the saddest day of, of, the, of the year 
for our people considering all the tragedies that happened and the destruction of the first and second son will both happen on the exact same day on the Hebrew calendar and many other tragedies historically of the Jewish people. Okay, now is there anything scriptural is it about the fast, about the fast of Tisha B'Av? The answer is almost assuredly yes, because while most of the tragedies of Tisha B'Av occurred after the Bible was written, the original cause that is said to have started the fast, of course, was the destruction of the first temple, Solomon's temple, right? After the destruction, we know that the Jewish people were in exile, okay? And and they began fasting and mourning. So the first temple was destroyed, and they were in fasting, and they were in mourning because they were in captivity. Okay, they were in Babylon, and, uh, and, and the temple had been destroyed, and they were lamenting, and they were, and they were so sad, and they were mourning and, and, and grieving and, uh, and fasting. And then uh, the, the destruction of the temple, which again happened when? It happened during the month of Av, on the 9th of Av, which is what month on the Hebrew calendar? It's the fifth month in the Hebrew calendar. Av is the fifth month. Okay, and so, but upon their returning to Jerusalem, so when they got to return after the years of exile, they began to rebuild the temple. And in Zechariah chapter seven, you can turn to it. In this passage, God questions whether or not their fast that they had was truly to God. So, so in here, we get an insight that God is saying, okay, hold on, you were fasting, but was it really for me? We're going to read this in Zechariah chapter 7, starting in verse 4. Then the word of Adonai Tzavot came to me saying, okay, so there's a prophecy from Zechariah to the people as they're beginning to rebuild the temple after their, their years of captivity were, were coming to an end. Speak to all the people of the land and to the Kohanim, saying... When you fasted, this is God talking, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months for the past 70 years, did you really fast for me? God is asking. Hmm, very, very interesting. Now, as a quick side note, and I'll come back to this, but as a quick side note, many Bibles, including this particular version, not all the versions of the Bible, thankfully, but in many versions and translations of the Scripture, there's a headline of that section that says, Justice and Mercy, Not Fasting. Take a pen and, and mark out, because remember, those headlines are just human summaries of what the Scriptures say, and that summary is incredibly wrong. It should not say, Justice and Mercy, Not Fasting. It should say, Justice, Mercy, and Fasting, and because God was not getting on them for fasting. He was getting on them for fasting for the wrong reasons. This was the whole point that he said. He said, were you really fasting for me? He asks. But in any case, we see this is specifically talking about, and it's been for over the last 70 years, he said. So this was after, this was their captivity. And, and specifically, we know what the, the fast of the seventh month is. Of course, we got it coming up with Yom Kippur, coming up very soon. The, what is the fifth month? The fifth month is Tisha B'Av. This is, this is when the temple is destroyed. They were fasting in the fifth month over the destruction of the temple. We can see this is a time of mourning and remembering what was lost due to our disobedience. And friends, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to mourn and to grieve and to fast and to lament over that which you lost because of your sin. 
That's a good thing. Y'all, I mean, listen, that shows a contrite heart that wants to do what's right. God looks kindly upon a contrite heart that, that wants, to, that wants to, 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 to do things right when they know they did things wrong, our people did things wrong, our people were disobedient. And to lament truly and to mourn truly and to fast truly uh, because of what we did unto the Lord would have been a holy thing. But, but he says, and if you keep reading, he says, you weren't really fasting for me. And listen, as we get closer to Tisha B'Av, the, the, the final portion, the final portion of this, this mourning period is called the nine days. If you talk to your Orthodox brother or sister or friend or neighbor and you say, ah, we're entering the nine days. They would say, yes, yes, we are. Very sadly, we're entering the nine days. The nine days is part of the three weeks. It's the last nine days of the three weeks. I told you earlier, there were, there's this mourning period uh, over Jerusalem and the temple, right? It's a three-week period. But the last part of it is called the nine days. This is the final nine days as we near Tisha B'Av. And these nine days are marked with even more intense mourning. Traditionally, for the Orthodox, which includes things like not drinking wine, not eating meat, clothes are not uh, laundered, we lament, we lament. So as I said, today we are in the three weeks, but more specifically, this Shabbat begins exactly the nine days. The nine days starts today. The nine days are the most intense morning as we are preparing for Tisha B'Av. This is historically here and looking at the scriptures. Now, you might ask me, Rabbi Kevin, are you saying that the fast and this morning time is obligatory? My answer to that is no. I don't think it is obligatory as I don't see it explicitly commanded. At the same time, God does, we just read it in Zechariah 7, specifically talk about this morning and fasting. So at the least, it should be noted and considered. And if the Lord leads you to fast on Tisha B'Av, may God bless you. And I think that that would be a holy fast. And we are also in a uniquely transitional period. I gave a message on Tisha B'Av a few years ago. This is a uniquely transitional period because the Messiah has come and Israel has been reestablished. And Jerusalem is now in our hands. But at the same time, the temple is not yet rebuilt, and the Messiah has not yet, from our perspective, returned. Okay, and so, so but we are in this weird kind of transitional time here. Uh, where, where we've been mourning for a number of these things. And some of the things that we've been mourning for are coming to pass, but some of them are yet to, to happen. So as we're in these three weeks that, that we're in, and, and even starting the nine days, many people mourn. Now, how does this relate to us? Let's, let's bring all this theoretical and, and historic and, 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 uh, and religious stuff. Let's bring this all home. Friends, there are so many things in our lives that we can look back on and mourn. There are so many things, like the children, you know, listen, like the children of Israel ourselves, right? 
times where we did not follow, we did not follow the Lord's direction for our lives, and it cost us. The scriptures are replete, sadly, with examples of our people not being obedient to God and it costing us. Remember that God will always forgive you of your sins. But that doesn't mean that there are not sometimes consequences. <laughs> sometimes there are consequences to our sins. But he will forgive you. And, and I think it's healthy to sometimes look back and mourn over the things that happened in our lives. Rebetzin uh, Candace last week spoke of the grieving process. And one of the things she said, right, is grieving is holy work. I really liked that. I had not heard that put quite that way. Grieving is holy work. And that's true, my friends. It's so very important. Regardless of whether or not it was your fault or it wasn't your fault, because it's loss. Sometimes things happen that are not even your fault. And yet they cause a loss. And any loss like this of any significance is worth mourning. It's a a mourning. It's a reflection. It's it's a thinking about and lamenting that that is healthy to go through. It's healthy. And friends, we've lost a lot in the last 17, 18 months. My goodness, we have lost a lot. You know, I assume that you know this. People don't talk about it a lot, but the mental health care numbers are staggering, staggering right now. Absolutely off the chart. Never seen anything like this. In the mental health care industry, people are hurting. People, even people who are doing great in many ways, and you know, unemployment is down, but still, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a lost year and a half. In many ways, connections have been lost. Relationships have been frayed. Uh, connection, oftentimes even to God, has, been, has waned. No, you, you know what I'm talking about. We, 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 we can see it even within our congregation and within our, our country. We can see this, the loss that, that's happened. But it's not just this last year. Some of you ex- have experienced different kinds of losses a loved one, a relationship, a job, perhaps your health. You may, even, you may even have been depressed even just this week. Friends, life throws at us things that are hard. Life throws at us things that are hard. The adversary hates us too, remember that. Life is hard enough, but the adversary hates us too, so he tries to stick it to us. Things are difficult. These are challenging seasons for me too. It's interesting, Rebbe said, Candace last week said, this has been the hardest year and a half to be a rabbi. You know, she's married to Rabbi Tim, Tim Highslip out there in Phoenix. She said, this has been the hardest year to be a rabbi, uh, year to be a rabbi ever. And every rabbi I've talked to on the phone, I've talked to a number of rabbis just over the, every one of them tells me the same thing. Oh my gosh, this has been the hardest year ever. So much 
consternation and balagan and, and, and confusion and dissension. And, and, and boy, it's just been very difficult. It's been, and you've experienced this. That's, I'm not looking at myself here. This is a microcosm of what all of you have gone through to a greater or lesser extent. Also, things are challenging, but how will we respond? How do you respond when there are those times? Will we mourn for the right reasons like God said in Zechariah? The problem that God had with the Jewish people in Zechariah wasn't that they were mourning and fasting. The problem he had with them is that they were doing it for the wrong reasons. Are you mourning for the right reasons? Because in your heart, you, especially if it was something that you perhaps did, are you mourning the fact that you did this like our people did this? A sincere, deep, and urgent mourning and lamenting and, 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 and sorrow like, like uh, Candace talked about last week, Yeshua was a man acquainted with sorrow, familiar with sorrow and grieving, v- intimately familiar if you, if you look at the Hebrew in Isaiah 53. And, and if it's something even hasn't been your fault, it's important to mourn, it's important to, to grieve a, a loss, but looking forward at the same time. I got to tell you, in many ways, as I looked at this and as I wrote this message, Joel, I thought, wow, boy, it's been kind of a melancholy message so far. (laughs) I've actually written my notes, melancholy message so far, and it really has been, right? But beloved, it's important to know what else today is, because today is is a bit of a convergence. Today is is, is something that's, that's coming together in different ways that seem conflicting, but really are not, my friends. Why? Because today is the first day of the month of Av, of the month of Av. Today is Rosh Chodesh. Okay, what is that? The first of a new month. Today is, is the, the new month that comes in. So just like, I, you know, when Rosh Hashanah comes, right, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah comes, I greet you all with Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Okay, what does that mean? It means a good year. Literally, it means year. Shana means year. Tova means good. Year good, okay? So I say to you when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, I say to you Shana Tova, which means hope you have a good year. Have a good year. Similarly, today, I greet you with Chodesh Tov. Chodesh Tov, meaning a good month. You, may you have a good month. Chodesh uh, means month, tov means good, okay? So chodesh tov is a greeting that's traditional always on Rosh Chodesh, the first of the month. Have a good month. Rosh Chodesh, unlike everything else we've been talking about so far today, is intended to be joyous. The first of the month. Today is the first of all, starting sundown tonight to sundown tomorrow night. Okay, the, Shabbat, the entire Shabbat is the first of the month. Today is the first. It is Rosh Chodesh today. It, it all, most of the time does not fall on a Shabbat. Okay, and so, so there's this convergence. It's happening especially today, and it's meant to be joyous. It is historically, in fact, connected especially to joy for women. One is traditionally not, in fact, explicitly, you're not supposed to fast on Rosh Chodesh. And what else do we do on Rosh Chodesh? A number of other things. We recite from the Hallel, the Psalms of Praise. We make sure, even on other days, if we can't have bread, we have bread on Rosh Chodesh. 
It's the first of the month. It's a celebration of the new month. And it's, an, it's also an acknowledgement, my friends, that just like the moon, there are different phases of our lives. There's an acknowledgement of that. And, and each month brings with it a renewal of sorts. Every month is a new month. See, this is what I'm talking about. about and this is all very scriptural. Numbers chapter 10, if you want to get ahead of me. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. Scriptures provide these, these markers, right? These, these date-time markers, all with intentionality that is oftentimes lost in the body of Messiah. And, and it's, it's lamentful, okay? Rosh Chodesh, the first of the month that happens, of course, numbers of times per year, is mentioned often in Scriptures. Remember that the biblical calendar, of course, is a lunar calendar, not a solar calendar. So Rosh Chodesh each month, corresponds to the new moon, right? So every time in Scripture you read new moon, it's speaking of Rosh Chodesh, the first of the month. Okay, so when it says new moons, new moon, it's talking about the first of each month. That, those are what new moons are. Numbers chapter 10 illustratively says, at your days of rejoicing, feasts, and new moons... You are to blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. There will then be a reminder for you before Adonai, your God. I am Adonai, your God. Very interesting. Ezekiel chapter 46. Ezekiel speaks for the Lord, and he's speaking here of the prophetic temple. And, and what do we read in Ezekiel chapter 46? Something very interesting that has to do with this time, this season that we're in. In fact, this season that we're in, when I say season, I really mean the day that we're in. This is this today. Today, uh, Friday night, all day Saturday to Saturday night. Okay, what does it say in Ezekiel 46 verse 3? The people of the land will worship at the door of that gate before Adonai on Shabbatot and new moons. Shabbatot means, of course, every Sabbath, every Shabbat, and new moons. There's something that's connected even to a worship in, in a time before the Lord that happens specifically on Rosh Chodesh. What does it say in verse 6 of the same chapter? It says this, because God even specifies specific offerings to be made on Rosh Chodesh. On the day of the new moon, it will be a young bull without blemish, six lambs and a ram. They must be without blemish. There are specific offerings that we're supposed to be bringing on Rosh Chodesh, the first of the month. Numbers, if you want to look it up later, you make a note and you can read it all about it later. Numbers chapter 28 goes into greater detail about the offerings of Rosh, Rosh Chodesh of each month, the monthly offerings that we're supposed to be bringing sacrifices unto the Lord. It's absolutely beautiful. What's something else that, that people do on Rosh Chodesh? In fact, people often blow the shofar on Rosh Chodesh. That's something else they... <laughs> I, I told you. <laughs> Some of you thought the rapture just happened. I know you. Some of you looked up, oh! Okay, okay, it's not yet. I understand. You hear a shofar out of the blue. You're not expecting it. You don't know what's going on. I know. Friends, listen. If I'm still standing up here in front, please, please. The rapture, no, not yet. Not please, please. <laughs> I'm just saying. Somehow. 
Just let me grab hold on the way up, brother or sister. <laughs> Psalm 81, Psalm 81, but this is connected to Rosh Chodesh. <laughs> Thank you so much for that shofar. In case you didn't get that uh, on the internet, somebody blew a shofar right at that very moment here. And, uh, and, and so why? It's, it's, it's Rosh Chodesh. And Psalm 81, verse 4 says this, Blow the shofar at the new moon, at the full moon for the day of our festival, for it is a decree for Israel and the ordinance for the God of Jacob. Okay, so, so we see that even the blowing of the shofar, you get that Rosh Chodesh here that we're in, this day that we're on today, has a certain joy and excitement that's about it. There, there, there's a delight about it. There's a, there's a rejoicing about today as the first of the month. You see, we are, we are, we are celebrating this new month. We, we made it. You made it, my friends. And we're giving special thanks to God. And also, here's something interesting. We're celebrating fresh and new. We're celebrating fresh and new on Rosh Chodesh. Now, I want to relate this to everything that we've been talking about, about the morning, right? Looking back and, and the things that have been wrong and, and that which was in the past and that we can look at and that we're mourning. But today is Rosh Chodesh. Even the Hebrew word Chodesh, meaning month, Chodesh, right? is actually from the Hebrew root for new, right? Chadash. And you know the word new because we say every week, you hear us say, we're, in fact, Joel earlier said, the reading from the Brit Chadashah, right? Brit, Brit Chadashah, Brit, Brit Chadashah, Brit meet, meaning uh, um, a covenant, and Chadashah is new, okay? Uh, so it's the new covenant. And so Rosh Chodesh is related, even within the name month, it's related to newness. That's part of the root, the core. And that makes sense. Why? Because it is a new month, Rosh Chodesh. Each month is new as it comes. But there's something that's being connoted here because today is Rosh Chodesh Av. Okay, it's Rosh Chodesh. It's a time for celebration. It's a time for something new. It's a time for praise. It's a time for thanksgiving. Well, what a juxtaposition, right, relative to the morning. We talked all about the morning earlier, right? And, and the lamenting and, and the Tisha B'Av and, and the month of Av and the three weeks of the night. What, what a juxtaposition that we're in right here. But truly, regardless of whatever it is that you've been mourning about, Rosh Chodesh represents a time of renewal. There is a renewal that happens, right? On Rosh Chodesh. If you sinned and you blew it, start anew. Start anew. You can't change yesterday, but you can change tomorrow. Start anew. And if you were wronged and it wasn't even your fault, it's a time for a fresh start. And we don't forget what happened to us. In fact, we must remember what happened to us. However, God provides us grace and mercy to move to the next chapter, to the next month. Lamentations chapter 3. It's interesting because on Tisha B'Av, you know, we have our, our, our readings, our Torah and Haftarah readings, and 
The Haftarah goes through all the books of the Tanakh that are not in the Torah. And, but there are certain books that are gone through just in certain uh, days of the year and such. Jonah's on Yom Kippur, you know, Passover. Well, uh, the book of Lamentations is read on Tisha B'Av, which kind of makes a lot of sense if you understand Tisha B'Av. It's mourning, and that's what Lamentations is all about. But, 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 but even within Lamentations, what does it say in chapter 3, verse 20? This is in Lamentations now, y'all. It says, because of the mercies of Adonai, we will not be consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Whoo! You hear that, beloved? Do you hear that, Mishpacha? God's mercies are new every morning. That's what we need, right? Is God's mercies new every morning. Whatever it is you've been going through, God's mercy is sufficient for it. And it is chadash. It is new. God's mercy is new. It's chadash. His mercy for you is new. Each day, and Rosh Chodesh reminds us of that. The newness that we get, the refreshment that we get. As a side note, I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit, but also we know that Messiah's blood does what? It wipes the slate clean of our sin and gives us a newness. Do you see how this relates to the Messiah? Well, we're going to be talking about it even more. Why? Because finally, today, in addition to being Part of the 21 days, part in the beginning of the nine days, Rosh Chodesh. But on top of all three of these things, the fourth thing it is, is it's Shabbat. <laughs> wow, Shabbat. My goodness. Wow. There is so much. I told you it was a convergence, right? And a convergence of, of conflicting things in many ways. It's Shabbat. Now, I don't have to tell you much about Shabbat. You know about Shabbat pretty well. It's a time of rejoicing. And get ready for this. Oh, this is, this is beautiful stuff, y'all. I love this. Traditionally, on Shabbat, all mourning is suspended. Even within Orthodox uh, Judaism, if you talk about the three weeks or the nine days, if, if, when, it, when it, the Shabbat falls in there, the mourning is suspended for Shabbat. In fact, even Tisha B'Av itself, the, the, the saddest, most lamentful day of the entire year, if that falls on a Shabbat, they move Tisha B'Av, which is kind of funny because Tisha, Tisha B'Av means ninth of Av. And so they move the ninth of Av to the tenth of Av. <laughs> it's so interesting, but why is this done? If it falls on Shabbat, why Shabbat? has to be for rejoicing. Why? Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Because we know that when the Messiah comes, and we know this from Scripture even, all the days of mourning will be transformed into days of rejoicing. Okay, that's part one. So when the Messiah comes, all the days of mourning are transformed into days of rejoicing. And Shabbat is thought to be a foreshadow of the Messianic kingdom. Yeah, that was my reaction too, right? When I think, so we remember that our mourning will not be forever. 
oh man, y'all, this is just stinking beautiful. <laughs> Our mourning will not be forever. Why? Because Messiah has set us free. Romans chapter 8, I want to show you something just beautiful in this regard. Wow, I just, this message blessed me because everybody's feeling it from every different side. Everybody's feeling it. This, this convergence of, of, of emotions and things all happening at once. It's difficult at times. Oh my goodness. But Shabbat represents a preview of the Messianic kingdom. And so we can't mourn and lament and, uh, on Shabbat. Shabbat is a time for rejoicing before the Lord. Oh my goodness. Romans chapter 8, what does it say? It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua. For the law of the spirit of life in Messiah Yeshua has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what was impossible for the Torah, since it was weakened on account of the flesh, God has done, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the Torah might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Ruach. Mm. Boy, that is beautiful, friends. So because of this, there, there is great joy. There is great joy knowing that our Messiah has come and that he has set us free from all that binds us, all that, that makes us grieve. And through him, our mourning will be turned into dancing. See, that's what Shabbat represents is a change, a transition. It represents what happens when Messiah comes. This is why we don't mourn on Shabbat, because we are rejoicing in the, in the salvation that we have, being set free. We are looking forward to the day when all those days of mourning that we read about in Scripture are going to be changed. All those days of fasting are going to be changed to days of feasting. And rejoicing. Do you see how that works? It's interesting to note that even within traditional Judaism, the mourning of the destruction of Jerusalem is in the hope and the prayer to see its rebuilding, which will come about with the coming of the Messiah. So even the mourning is with a specific messianic hope. See, and that's how our mourning also should be, should be geared toward, recognizing that whatever we lost, if it was something beloved and we lost it, the Lord will, 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 will take the tears from our eyes, and there'll be a day that will be forever be with the Lord. If it's something that we did wrong and sinful that we're mourning over that we did, we recognize that because Messiah came, he set us free from the, from, the, from the law of sin and death. We're not going to die because of that sin if we ask for God's forgiveness. You see, there's a beauty, there's a hope to that. Psalm 30 says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. This is what we have to remember. And friends, this is our life, isn't it? As I was reflecting on this, Joel, this is our life. This is life in 2021. 
today, today, today encapsulates so much. We are in the three weeks of mourning. In fact, we just started the nine days of intense mourning leading to the saddest day on the Hebrew calendar, Tisha B'Av. And yet it is Rosh Chodesh Av, a time for new. And it is Shabbat, a time of rest and to know that our Messiah has come to set us free. This is our lives. So when you are challenged with sadness or depression or stress or are hurting, it's okay to reflect and to mourn. That's appropriate. But also see the big picture of newness and the rest and to rest and the promise of Messiah in your life. All of it is today. The title of my message is The First of Av. Let's bow our heads. God, I pray for each and every person here, Lord. Mm. I pray for new seasons, chadash. Lord, I pray for new, newness. People who, who are mourning for whatever reason, for a loss that was not their fault or something that they did. It doesn't matter. I pray for a newness, a, a cleaning of the slate, God, and, and just a heart that, that can mourn, rightly so. Lord, our, our people should mourn and should have mourned when they were disobedient to God and the temple was destroyed. That's something worth mourning over and fasting over. But yet at the same time, Lord, to recognize that with Messiah, he set us free. Messiah set us free. What a beautiful message, Lord. What a beautiful story. If we really embrace it. See, if we truly mourn, then there's a purity of heart. See, the problem with our people back in Zechariah is that the heart wasn't right. The heart's got to be right. But if the heart's pure and, and that mourning is, is, is holy work, that grieving is holy work, because it leads to fruitfulness. It leads to change. It leads to chadash on this Rosh Chodesh. No, I pray that the Lord, if he ministered this to you, just pray to God even silently, Lord, let this be me. I need chadash. I need new, Lord God. And it's okay to mourn and to be sorrowful. That's okay. But let him refresh you with newness also. New chapters it's a new month. Oh, you see that? It's all happening at the same time today. Man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for showing us the big picture. Wow. It's amazing, the, the revelation that's just in your word. I want to ask if you're here today and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, if you've never said that prayer to give your life to God, but you'd like to, wherever you are, lift your hand and we'll pray together if that's you. If you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you want to. Or perhaps you're watching online or listening on the podcast and you've never said that prayer. Just repeat this prayer after me and the Lord will touch you. Dear God, I humbly come before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Forgive me of my sins, oh God. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Yeah, if you said that prayer, rejoice. It's the ultimate chadash. It's the ultimate new. 
It's the ultimate new. Please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you and send you some materials and just encourage you if you said that prayer for the first time. Lord God, I thank you for this service. I thank you for the, the blessing of Shabbat and the, the blessing of that Hadash and the blessing of being in a, in a holiday where we know it's, it's a foreshadow, it's a preview of the Messianic kingdom, Lord God. Thank you for that. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, God, that you set us free. You set us free from the, the penalty that we deserve. Lord God, thank you so much. We bless you and we thank you for all these things. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Light, 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 light.